0: Vibrant. Vibrant. vibrant vibrant, music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music
1: teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're talking about a Valentine's idea for your studio with Carmen Carpenter. lovely teachers we're joined by Carmen Carpenter who's one of our staff writers and editors at Vibrant Music. Her most recent article just came out today on the Colorful Keys blog and in it she shares this really fun Valentine's project for music studios so I wanted her to come on the show to tell us more about it. First of all Carmen since it's your first time on the show can you tell us a little bit more about your teaching background, where you're from, that kind of thing?
0: Well, I live in Pennsylvania, United States. I have taught music in some capacity for about 30 something years, and I taught elementary music in schools, and so general music, and then I have taught piano lessons all that time, and as well as having a handful of voice students. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. So, what inspired this project idea for Valentine's? Where did it come from?
0: Well, you know, I think of Valentine's as being a little weird for children, right? Because Valentine's Day is like romance and stupid, and you know that's bizarre when you work with eight-year-olds, right? And I was thinking you still want to make it special. And people still do give Valentines to children. They have parties at school where everybody gets their Valentine. And I think that's fantastic. But I also think that for many of us, we kind of wish for that secret admirer, right? We wish for that, you know, super fan of our own. I just was kind of inspired too by the Secret Santa. Do you guys do that in Ireland? Yeah,
1: Secret Santa or Chris Kindle.
0: Okay. And so, you know, a lot of people around here do it too. You draw a name. There might be hints throughout the process towards who that person is. For this, we're not going to do that. You know, that would be time intensive and hard pull off, right? But just the idea of having that secret admirer, that person that is going to gift you with a surprise for Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, it's such a wonderful community building idea. So let's talk through some of the logistics and how teachers are going to go about this. How should these Valentines be delivered? Do we have different options there? And when are we going to kick this off if we decide to do it?
0: Well, I think that the way that they're delivered really depends on your studio, how your studio runs. So if you're an online teacher, you're obviously going to want to send those in the mail. But even if you see all of your students in person, I think that mail is fun for kids. They don't get mail. You know, during, the, um, during 2020, when everything was shut down, I sent my students cards and things and everybody seemed to really enjoy that. And so I think that mail is still a good idea, even if you're in person. But then people like me, I usually have a piano party or big group lesson. I think that's a good venue for delivering those as well. So I think it, it just depends on where you're at. I personally think mail's the best way. I think it's the funnest way for kids.
1: Yeah, I do think it's the most fun. I guess it, it is a cost factor that needs to be factored in if you're not going to hand deliver them and if you are you need to consider how much your time is worth going to all those different houses but yeah exchanging them at a group lesson could work it equally could work to just give them out to students during the valentine's week i guess during the regular lesson as long as you're really on the ball and make sure to do it at the start of every lesson because you don't want to miss anyone
0: yes i think that's a good point yeah you could Totally do it in just the regular schedule and just say, here's your Valentine from so and so. And I think it's still special that way too.
1: Yeah, still really fun. So, working backwards from there, I guess we need to have a way of exchanging the names or sort Mm of, I was about to say, setting students up. That's not what I mean, (laughs) but choosing (laughs) different students who are going to give other students Valentines. So, would you just do that randomly? What do you think?
0: Well, I think there's a few ways to go about that too. I think you probably decide if you want to do it kind of by age group. So the expectations are similar, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have middle school age, which is like sixth to eighth grade here in the States and 10, 11 to up to 13 or so. So those those guys I might group together and have them draw from each other's names And the younger kids, I might divide that to like kindergarten through the second grade. And that just helps them, yes, have an idea of what it's going to look like. Because if that six-year-old gets one from the 13-year-old who's really able to pull off something special and 13-year-old gets one from the six-year-old who just kind of scribble-scrabbles or whatever, they may feel sad. I don't know though. There are certainly kids that would just be appreciative no matter what they got, right? And they may just find it novel and special no matter what they get. So I do think, I think it depends on your students. What do you think your students would like and enjoy and how they would receive it? I think that's probably the key, right? How is it gonna be received? More than how is it going to be produced?
1: Yeah, I think it's a decision. I think you really could go either way. I think Mm -hmm. it's more about what kind of way you run your studio in general. Like, do you Mm -hmm. like to have, for example, recitals that are split by age and workshops that are split by age? And is that generally the way you run to make more Mm peer-to-peer connections, which is one way to prioritise? Or do you prefer to have across the ages because you want to have this community feeling Mm -hmm. and this connection, in which case the 13 year old receiving something from the even three year old could be Mm -hmm. really lovely. Like if the three year old puts in a bit of time, they can make a beautiful heart and that could be really sweet Mm -hmm. in a moment to sort of reflect on sort of the broad range of pianists there are in your studio Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and to appreciate if the 13 year old did start at age four or so, it's kind of a moment for right. them to look back as well.
0: Uh, yeah, and I think that's a really good point. And I, for the first time this year, I've divided up my piano parties by age group. And so, yes, I would probably keep it within those age groups for the exchange if I was going to do it in person.
1: Yeah, because you're doing the exchange at the workshops, which is another yeah. factor as well. Right. So, you want everyone right. to get one at the same workshop it wouldn't make sense otherwise yeah 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 Yeah. so just to clarify one tiny point since i'm assuming it's like a secret santa or chris kindle each person is getting receiving a name that they need mm -hmm. to make the valentines for and that's not the same as the person that they're receiving it from right right yeah
0: i wouldn't try to pair it i think that would be logistically difficult
1: Yeah, and a little bit more awkward somehow if, like, what they're receiving is different from what they, you know, the effort put in or whatever. Right. Whereas when it's more random, I think it feels better. Yes. Okay, so are you planning on having the supplies all in your studio and having them make the cards once they have the name, like, during lesson time, during a different group workshop, at home? What way do you think that'll play out?
0: I am going to have them do everything in studio because I do see mostly everybody in the studio. And uh, so I will provide all those supplies, carve out the time for it. And I will probably do it over a few lessons rather than all at once. But, But again, I think you have to think about your students on that because some of your, you know, I have one in particular who comes to mind, who's super artsy that if i spread it out i think she will feel hindered somehow by that right (laughs) like i can't let my imagination run free and then so i'll have to think that over so it may have to be individualized based on your kinds of students and so you might be able to i do think it requires planning ahead like you have to think about it. You have to give a few weeks so that if they don't finish, that you can give them a few minutes in the next one or whatever will happen. And so I do think it has, has to have thought. <laughs> Prior thought is important.
1: Yeah, I think there are, again, many ways you could do this. There's no wrong way to do this, of course. Wow. I think the main thing is to do it enough in advance, <laughs> whichever way you're going to handle it. So probably my preference would be to give the assignment one week of making it at home so that those mm-hmm. who really want to take their time and enthusiastic about it can do it at home with their own right. favorite glitter pens or whatever they have because they love all the art stuff. Right. But do that enough in advance that the ones who come back saying they forgot or they didn't have time or whatever, you mm-hmm. can then do it at a few minutes at the start of every lesson for a while or while listening to music that they're going to be working on or something like that
0: right oh yeah I think that's a fantastic idea for sure
1: okay so the card fronts are one thing and I think most of my students would straight away be like I got this I I can draw a beautiful picture you know they love drawing but then when they come to the inside they might get a bit stumped so do you have any suggestions in mind for what students could write inside
0: Well, I personally think that's a great opportunity for making it musical, right? And so I'm a fan of changing the lyrics of songs. I like things like, um, you know, Mary Had a Little Lamb, uh, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, whatever it might be that they can easily fit some fun little message to their, uh, you know, recipient, just kind of use what they know about that person. And if they don't know anything about that person, the teacher can fill in, oh, they play soccer and so do you or football, excuse me, or whatever it might be that they have in common, right? Because you as the teacher kind of know those things about them. You might be able to say, hey, they, they also take dance or whatever, and to help them through that. I think that's the easiest way to do it for the youngest kids. But I think they could write a melody too. You could make it easy with like something on the black keys you know, or just the five-finger scale, just a C five-finger scale and kind of write a little melody in there too. So I think that's a possibility as well.
1: Yeah, so I should mention we actually have a freebie download if people are like, What? Writing a melody inside? What's going on? So we have a free (laughs) download in the article, which people can find right at the top of the Colorful Keys blog right now. So colorfulkeys.ie slash blog. And you'll find a download there, or members can find it at the top of the library. And it has the inside of the card just with a simple stave already put in for you so that you can print that out and your students can draw on the front. Now, if you do end up having some that don't draw on the front or don't want to draw, outright say it or just keep forgetting then you can use the pictures that we've already put in there so we do have card fronts as well there just as an option that you could use instead of the students drawing although i'd love to have the students draw them themselves and then you have the stave on the inside so they can write their own melody they can copy it from a favorite song and change some of the lyrics we won't tell anyone about the copyright infringement no problem um (laughs) They're not going to publish it anyway, anywhere and thing like that. And they could work it out by ear or you could help them to figure it out, depending again mm-hmm. on their level. And if you do have like preschoolers, maybe you write it on the staff for them and just right. you know talk about it together. So you can always adapt mm-hmm. it that way. But I love the right. idea of having this musical message inside that really connects the whole studio together. And everyone has written a different little melody and it can just be mm-hmm. two bars. It doesn't need to be a big deal.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's really neat, too, especially if you've matched up the younger ones and the older ones and the younger ones that you may have to help write it out. That older student is able to actually read it and play it. And I think that's really fun, too. The thought of them doing that is kind of nice, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. And if teachers wanted to take this even further, it could go on to be a composing project that then they take that little melody And they can compose a whole piece with it, you know, right. But even just that little nugget of a melody is a great little touch to have inside the card. Mm-hmm. So I really liked your notes, Carmen, in the article about setting up students to be polite and kind <laughs> and generous when they're receiving <laughs> the card. So right. what reminders do you think we need to give, I'd say, especially the smaller kids to make sure yeah. that they're receiving is polite, especially if they're going to be Like in your group workshops, receiving it where the giver, the gifter is there.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, totally. I think um, mentioning that comes from years of working in the classroom, in the classroom setting and just finding that. If I front loaded things with the appropriate response right now is thank you, (laughs) not, oh, I wish I had gotten blue instead of purple or whatever it was. And so, yes, I definitely think that letting them know, remember this person worked hard on this they were thinking of you and doing their best work so remember to say thank you and remember that everybody is at varying levels of ability in the arts and crafts arena in the music arena too and to just be really sweet and I do find that children if you kind of just give that gentle reminder at the beginning that everybody will be very sweet and polite and and grateful
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't expect any of my students to be reacting in a different way, but I do think it's good to set it up that way, as I say, especially if all the students are right there, that if someone even right. makes a face, it's going to be really noticeable to the gifter. So just like setting it up, setting everyone up for success in terms of gracious receiving of gifts is right. good.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Some parenting may have guided that as well.
1: <laughs> thank you yeah exactly so what if teachers are teaching online then we mentioned earlier that they would definitely have to post or mail the cards probably Mm. to their students or you know go for a giant walk and deliver them themselves but what are some other ways that we could adapt this to online lessons
0: I think when it comes to online lessons that you will want to have parent support. I think that's really important to be sure that you let the parents know that that's happening and you might need them to help gather supplies because all of that kind of stuff is going to come at home instead of what you're doing. Although you may be able to type or notate their melody for them and then email that to mom and dad. But again, mom and dad are kind of on the hook for printing. And then they either need to send it to you. But I, what I would probably do if I was teaching online is I would send that self-addressed stamped envelope to them to make their lives a lot easier too. And then that way they could um, just put it in the mail and not have to worry about the Postage, how much the postage is, or getting the address, or whatever else, you've already taken care of that. So, I that to me is probably the key to success for online is that parent connection.
1: Yeah, definitely. No matter what way you go about it, the parent is going to have to be involved (laughs) and part of the process. I guess, too, if people are, you know, digitally inclined, they could get the student to draw a picture. And then take a Mm -hmm. photo of it parent takes a photo of it and sends that to you and you could use muse score to write the melody that's going to go inside but that's you know you would need to sort of know what you're doing with all the tech so that sounds like a whole lot of work that you don't want to do don't don't go that route stick with paper
0: yeah and if you i mean if you wanted to take the postage part out of it you probably could do the whole thing digital You could make a little video, you know, you could record the lesson, make the video and things like that. But I, you know, like I say, I think that the actual card and the mail is part of what makes it fun.
1: Yeah, I think almost especially in the context of online lessons, especially Mm. if you have students like this could be an amazing opportunity if they are all over the world to Mm. receive something in the physical post that's from Mm. the other side of the globe. I mean, that's a really special thing. And it connects right. them to a studio community in a way that they're not most of the time. Like that is one of the downsides of online lessons is that they're not connecting in sort of this physical space. So Maybe. I think, yeah, it would be a missed opportunity to do it as like an e-card, in my view.
0: Right. Yeah. I yes, I agree with that. And, and you know, you make me think though. Wouldn't that be fun too if you had a friend? in another part of the world, and you kind of cross-studioed mm. it, you know, I think that might be kind of fun too. I don't know how you'd figure all the logistics of that out yet, but that that sounds fun, right? Yeah. Kind of like a pen pal from far
1: away. That Yeah, it would be like a one-off pen pal. It would be really fun to receive right. a melody from a totally different studio far away. Right. I guess the main challenge would be if they have a different number of students to you. You, right, would have you have, have to have some students double up or something because otherwise right. yeah
0: yes that's a.
1: but if people mm-hmm. want to go for the gold they could, <laughs> they could go absolutely. all the way there maybe
0: another great idea
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely okay thank you so much carmen for coming <laughs> on and telling us all about this idea again people should go to the article and get the download um so that they can just print it out and have that already laid out for them they don't have to do that part and then they can just get to matchmaking their students
0: right great thanks
1: thanks so much again talk to you soon so we would love to hear your studio's valentine celebrations come join in the conversation in the facebook group it's vibrant music studio teachers and if you do use our template we would love to see photos of it please share if you have student drawings that come back to you or you can take photos before they go out to their valentines piano buddies. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up.